Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is laying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is at hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're coming to the end of another year, and I've been doing a lot of reading about life planning because... Like many others, I want to have this feeling of purpose in my life. I want to feel like I'm accomplishing things rather than just simply existing. And I think about this now because we are coming to the end of another year, and I want 2017 to be more successful than 2016. And even before the end of the year, I want things to go right for the holidays. I want my Christmas to be perfect. So I daydream about Christmas. I envision our church filled with people coming to the Christmas Eve service. I can almost hear the music and a tear comes to my eye when I think about the candlelight, silent night time during our service. Think about being surrounded by family and friends. Advent is a time when we prepare ourselves for Christmas, when we prepare ourselves for the arrival of the Christ child. During Advent, we pray for one another. We open our hearts and our lives to those in need. We want everyone to have this meaningful, deep experience of Christmas, this feeling of hope that comes with the birth of Jesus. So each Sunday during the season of Advent, we take part of this process of preparing ourselves for Christmas. In worship, we pray together, we sing together, we confess together. But then when we leave church on Sunday, I have this feeling that most of us go from one thing to another, one Christmas party to another. We go from one store to another looking for the best deals on presents. We bake thousands of Christmas cookies 
especially for our pastor. And because of going from one thing to another, we lose sight of this sacred and holy time. In the gospel reading today from the gospel of Matthew, we are challenged not to define ourselves or limit ourselves on the hope that we can experience, on the things that we have already done, but we are led to work towards a better world. And according to John the Baptist, that happens when we repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John the Baptist tells us of the one who cries out from the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. You know, this could mean a whole number of things. Repentance is not just about us saying sorry to God. It is a redirection, a change of perspective, a commitment to turn and to live differently. It's about letting the word of God enter our hearts and our lives and having that word change us. We could spend all this time figuring out our life plan or buying the perfect present. But when we gather together for worship, when we confess to God the things that we have done, the things that we have failed to do, we are dreaming about a future when we as a body of Christ respond to and share God's love with all people. This means we invite one another into this idea of hope, this idea that together we can discern things that God is calling us to do in this world with and for one another. This may mean that we have to let go of some of the things that we love, some of the traditions that we hold close to our heart, some of the ways that we have always done things. We have to let those things go because most of the time, this idea that we have to do things the way we have always done them, this idea of perspective that we have about ourselves, our family, our friends, our church, our community, they often hold us back from being in full relationship with God and with one another because they are not in line with the love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness that God gives to us, that God calls us to extend to one another and to ourselves. I know that this sounds so hard, and I think it is because it is also life-changing. You see, that's the beauty of the Bible. I mean, how many books can you read and constantly be inspired to change not only your world, but the world of the people that you love? You know, when we read scripture, we are affected in a way that we will never be the same again. And that is the power of the message that we get from the Bible. That is the power of scripture in our lives. And today we see that when John the Baptist invites us to repent, to change the way that we think and act, to move in a different direction for our lives and the world. You know, what God is doing today is to tell us about God's dream for the world, where there is no predator or prey, no fear or hatred or judgment. What we find in the world through God's eyes is righteousness as the lion lives with the lamb. And my favorite part, when God says the child shall lead them. This is not some sort of promise or, or New Year's resolution. 
It is a dream, and God has envisioned it. God has seen it, and when that happens, we can also adopt God's vision for our lives, our church, our community. And when we come together and live and do the work of God, we just have this sense of amazement and wonder and hope. So, I invite you to think about those things that you want to repent this Advent season. Or put it a little bit differently, what is the one thing that you want to change to move in a different direction in your life? Is there some sort of unhealthy relationship that you want to repair? Is there a habit that you want to take up which will help you live a more abundant life? You know, the best way for me to think about repentance, about this change of direction in my life to live an abundant life is to think about those times in my life when this has actually happened and to think about what has happened during my life to help me succeed. One of those moments is my ordination. I think about that time because I was preparing myself to take on the biggest role in my life. I knew that my world would change forever. I was taking on responsibility, not only for myself, but to help others live in an abundant life in the grace and mercy of God. At my ordination, I dedicated myself, my life, to studying the Word of God, promising to administer the sacraments and to share with the world the love of God so that everyone I come across has an opportunity to know God and to experience the life-changing grace that we all have in our lives. One of my mentors, Jim Yergi, who preached at my ordination, said in his sermon, Service to God, the true service of a covenant people, is not and has never been a matter of just doing something. It is becoming something. Our confession, our faith, our repentance, our baptism, our communion together, our worship, our acts of service and charity, our care for one another, are all vehicles that cause us to be transformed. We cannot be the covenant people of God until we struggle to find God in our daily lives and until we struggle to show our godlike qualities in the way that we live. What I continue to gain from his wisdom is that we all have godlike qualities and when we find God in our daily lives, we can carry out the covenant that we make with God. And God helps us with that covenant starting with the birth of his son on Christmas Eve. And then God continues to be with us and show example of love and grace through the life and ministry of Jesus. And until that faithful day when he is hung on the cross on Good Friday. And then the promise is fulfilled three days later in the resurrection. God promises to be with us, to love us, to forgive us, to extend grace to us. So we, to the best of our ability, try to make room in our lives, in our hearts, in our daily walk, as we continue to connect with God and one another by worshiping God, by spreading the word of God to the people that we meet and to help others in need. And when we find success in doing that, it transforms us from the inside out. But when we are not successful, we have this promise and we know that God still loves us 
and we are precious in God's sight. So when we gather for worship, when we confess to God the things that we have done and left undone, we also hear the good news that God loves us and forgives us all of our sins. So this Advent season, we prepare our hearts for this coming of Jesus. We confess our sins and we imagine together what our Christmases will be like. And we listen for the word of God calling out to us. And when we do that, we too will discover new ways of thinking about the love of God. And we share this with our church, with our friends, and with the world. And together we discover what an amazing God we have. Amen. Amen.